0: I think it had more to do with him being absolutely one thousand percent prepared for the NFL. I mean, that's the reason why Andrew that he came back in, in that Mississippi State game.
1: On this episode of Against the Grain, we'll talk about the impact of Tua Tagovailoa declaring for the NFL Draft, and I'll explain why I love the Matt Rule hire. Hold on to your horses. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Oh.
2: The grain.
0: Against the grain. Now, your host for Against the, Against the Grain. Here's Andrew Perloff.
1: Against the grain. Welcome to the Against the Grain podcast, <laughs> the first of 2020. I'm Andrew Perloff. You know me as McLovin on the Dan Patrick Show, uh, and you may know me from other places: like Lower Marion High School, Pennsylvania, uh, Dartmouth College, lived in New York for a while. Uh, you may also know Mario Miranda, who is producer as. Mm, I don't know what you do for the Dan Patrick show. I'm like a utility man. Utility man, yeah. Okay. He's like an uh, all star utility man. Uh, I'm excited because we're really going to amp up the Against the Grain podcast here in 2020. Lots of contrarian takes on football, on life. We're also going to find out a lot more this year about Mario's personal life, which mm-hmm. apparently is just
2: It is on sizzling. fire. Uh, yeah, so what's the deal? Are you single still? Oh, do- yeah, still single. I'm working the uh, dating apps these days. Really? Which ones? Uh, Hinge. Hinge what? is a big one. That's a new one. And what's the characteristic of Hinge? Like what what's Hinge it is like, you got to like, so it's made for you to delete it. So you, you like, like, you know, you put like a lot of personal questions or you answer personal questions and then the, the female will either like it to get your attention and then I'll get a notification that she liked you. So what about the, you mean it's like Snapchat so it goes away quickly or- no, it doesn't go away. It's just like, it's up front. So I know who's liking me right away. I don't have to swipe and wait till I just match with somebody. Oh, I see. Okay. I can just like somebody and then she'll get it. And if she likes me, she'll start a conversation. Is, it, from there. is it pretty popular? Yeah, it's, it's pretty big. I mean, everybody, all my friends who are single have it. Okay. It's how many dates in the last two weeks have you gotten off it? Well, I haven't been here. Oh, you've been out of town. Yeah, I had a date. Uh, somewhat of a date last week. What is somewhat of a date? I went out with a female. Yeah and did you are you going to have a second date?
1: Yeah, probably. Oh my god, you yeah. kids and your dating apps. See, I I didn't have dating. I mean, they were around, but I had so much game in the bars. Did you? Oh, you have no What was idea. your go-to like thing? Did you have like a thing that trick? What was it? So, I, you know, I used to go out in these village back in the day. I was nicknamed Pearl at the time, uh-huh. so it'd be like five guys, and there's you know there's groups of girls and there's groups of guys. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, guys, sit down. I'm gonna go talk to those girls. And I'd, and I'd walk over to the girls. And I'd be like, hey guys, uh, this is not for me, uh, but my friends really want to talk <laughs> to you. They're a little scared. I'm am not, not interested at all. But like, I want to introduce you. So what we establish here is immediately tell them that you're not interested in them. It's a basic rule of dating. Yeah, yeah. they're interested immediately interested in me. And I've alphaed all the guys. So like the guys are like behind me because like I had the gutsy move. So I'm the, the leader of the pack. I've like generated I'm a mystery man. I obviously the only one with guts to talk to these girls. So, and it worked every time.
2: It worked every time. So you oh, had a hundred percent success oh, dude, rate on I'm it. I'm telling
1: you, Mario, there I was like I was like Steph Curry from thirty five feet away back in the wow, day. That's I bold I could not miss.
2: That is bold. The first Steph Curry. Yeah, it's like, because
1: first I have curry, because I'm not blessed, you know, you can't see it, but I'm not blessed with great looks, I'm not super muscular, I'm not super rich, I don't have, I just was, uh, I could talk my way in and out of anything back in the day, but I was drinking back then, so that was a different thing. Yeah. I don't really remember any of that. that uh, anyway, uh, but, you know, it was, there was definitely dating apps, but it wasn't like today where,
2: like, do you guys, do you even
1: have a rap? Like, what's your rap?
2: I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I mean, I just, you go up and then... I don't really know.
1: Yeah. you What see? is my rap? Yeah. You're just on social media. It's it's sad. Hey, you yeah. know, we're getting way, way off from sports here, which is awesome. But uh, hey, I want to talk to you about Matt Rule going to the Carolina okay. Panthers. And I want to talk to the world about this. Everyone is wondering, why is every team so into Matt Rule? I'm sure you were wondering the same thing. Yeah. So Matt Rule basically could have the Giants job. Uh, probably could have had the Browns job. Last year could have had the Jets job. Mm-hmm. He's a Baylor coach, and he's had some success at Baylor. But Matt Rule's an interesting guy. Because he went, He was a coach at Temple, and I run in some circles where there's some Temple people, and everyone's saying, like, watch out for Matt Rule. He's going to be an NFL coach. I'm like, Matt Rule, why? He's not exactly—he doesn't look like Cliff Kingsbury. He okay. doesn't have the resume of, like, Kyle Shanahan. It's nothing like that at all. Uh, so, uh, But just everybody said the same thing about me. Here's a couple notes on him that I got from people. Great communicator, obviously, important thing for a head coach. Mm -hmm. He gets guys to buy in, probably the most important thing. Yeah. And he's amazing at it. He's got no ego, so he allows all his assistants, and most importantly in Carolina, his analytics guys weigh in. And he just wants everybody to do things a winning way, so he's open to ideas. That sounds like a great head coach. That's a dude I want to play for and I want to work with. You should see if you can get a, you know, backup wide receiver gig. Yeah. Oh, I've thought about it. So I have a friend uh, in the media who's really close with Chris Ballard. Yeah, uh, and he's like, well, "Let's go, let's go intern for the Cult." But teams famously don't pay; they work ridiculously long hours. Yeah. and I have no skills. Like, I, I've tried to learn how to study tape like a professional guy. It's uh-huh. impossible. It's like, you think we know tape? We do not know tape. What is it? More so, like your attention span can't. Stay no, it's honestly, it's, it's a. First of all, at this point in my life, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, life is too expensive for me to work for nothing for a team. Yeah. But honestly, one of the things that I found like looking at tape that's so hard is that you have to know what the play is kind of supposed to be. Like you're evaluating what a guy does, you have to know everything that's going on around him. It's not as simple as oh,
2: oh, that guy tackled that guy. You know, yeah. The There's so much going on. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of buddies who are like college coaches. Yeah. And they just spend their whole entire life. Just doing that. You're right, they right. can't, they, you know, they can't it, go out and have a drink. It's like just yeah. they're there. They sleep in the office a lot.
1: Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, like remember we were talking to Quincy Avery, the yeah. Deshaun Watson's quarterback coach, who was an assistant at UCLA. He literally slept at a couch in the office. And you have to learn how to watch tape from guys who really. Show. It's so much more complicated, I think, than the average person knows. Yeah. That's what I see. A lot of people in the media who are like tape experts. I'm like, well, if you were such a tape expert, you'd probably be working for a team, but some of them are great. Greg Cosell, who works for NFL Films and ESPN, is amazing. Mm -hmm. Andy Benoit, who was with uh, MMQB, uh, is sort of independent now, is amazing. And, you know, but you... A guy like Dan Orlovsky has a big edge because he was watching tape as a quarterback. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I don't buy too much into. I, I looked at the tape, unless you you have a proven track record. Anyway, back. So I am not going to work for Matt Rule. Matt probably. Okay. I mean, he's in Carolina. He probably wants my football expertise. I'd be shocked. I mean, you know his list. He probably told the owner, "Listen, this Perloff kid. You know, basically he's going to." I, I'm going to do the football stuff. He's going to do everything else, or so I don't know.
2: You have ties. I mean, Northeast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're he, a Dartmouth guy. I don't know if he has any Ivy League ties. Oh, I'm
1: not sure. <laughs> he wears like he wears like a cut off sweatshirt, kind of like Bill Belichick, which yeah. is also encouraging me. But I'm into Matt Rule. The rest of the hires, Mike McCarthy. I'm like, really? I did not get that one. I didn't
2: get that one either.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, will probably. Me, the fact that I didn't get it means it'll probably work because uh, to go against the grain a little bit. Coaching hires never work out the way we think. No. It's just so rare. It it seems like if you win the press conference, then it's real dicey where they're going to win on the field, especially yeah. with retreads.
2: Well, Mike, like Mike McCarthy, he was what with the Packers for ten years, and yeah. he won one Super Bowl with arguably the best quarterback of our generation. And two of the best quarterbacks, and he only won one Super Bowl. Like, yeah, shouldn't but, I be telling? Yeah, Sean Payton bit? only won one. Mike Tomlin oh, only no, two. he's won two. Tomlin,
1: no, he's won one. Didn't uh, Cower won the first one? And Tomlin won the other one. We'll, we'll effort. We'll talk to yep. I like, uh, so Joe Judge, I'm going to tell you what I like about him, the new Giants coach. Yeah. He's, listen to this in his bio. He's from Philadelphia, PA. Okay. He went to Lansdale Catholic High School. And I'll tell you one thing. That's tough. You do not mess with people from Lansdale Catholic High School. I know that area of the suburbs. And yeah, that is, <laughs> that, that is a tough place. And his uncle was a boxer who faced George Foreman. And if you look at a picture of Joe Judge, this looks like a dude who can take a punch. And his special team coach for the, uh, kind of seems like a combination of Josh McDaniels, Mike Vrabel, and Bill O'Brien, all the former uh, Patriots assistants who are coaches, well, many of the former assistants. So I like this Joe Judge hire. Like, he's a tough Patriots dude. So we'll see on that one. Uh, and then Ron Rivera, no one's even, no one even cared. It was oh. during vacation. It's like, oh, Ron Rivera, that's a much better hire than what they've been doing there. He's solid.
2: That one slipped under the creek. So a, have we even talked about that one? No.
1: It has to come up in the Dan Patrick Show once. Not once. Because we don't care about Washington. They've yeah. done nothing as a franchise for us to care about them. And Ron Rivera, he is a really solid guy. He is a yeah. good dude. I, I interviewed him. Uh, when Buddy Ryan died, uh, he played for Buddy, and he is the nicest guy. So that's good. Uh-huh. Uh, and, there any other, and then I think the Browns, if they go Josh McDaniels, that's the least exciting, but they're such a
2: mess. Are they are, – you think Josh McDaniels? I was thinking somebody who's still in the playoffs like Greg Roman. Greg or... or Kevin Stefanski, yeah. Maybe. I don't even okay. care. It doesn't matter to me because
1: organizationally, they probably won't get it right. Hmm. I'm, I am not a big fan of what they do in the front office. Uh, you know, one of – I think I've told you one of my good friends was the president there for a mm-hmm. long time, got fired ignominiously, even though he brought in Paul D. Podesta. And it, it's just, it's organizational dysfunction. I mean, it's obvious. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I can't imagine anyone who can stick up for the way the Browns have done it. So we'll see what happens there. But basically, for me, and we're not going to do it on this podcast, for me, it's the free agent quarterback class. That is the story of the year.
2: Yeah. There's a ton. I mean, if Brady gets out there... Brady would be the biggest bombshell a uh, free agency, I think, in NFL history, no? Yeah, it'd be even bigger than when Peyton Manning
1: went to Denver, which was huge. There was when Brett Favre was out there. That was huge. But this one's even bigger. Yeah. Uh, I would love that. Just for the content, oh, that'd oh, be man. great. Yeah. I think Brady'd be great. I don't think Breeze gets out, but that would be fun, too. It'd yeah. be amazing to see. Philip Rivers. Rivers will be fun if he gets out there. I mean, who knows? Cam? Cam would be great. I, can't, I would love to see Cam in a new system to see what he could do. Me too. That'd be a blast. And yeah. I I, I don't know if Eli could start anywhere. Probably not. But that'd be fun. Why not? Your see, boy? Andy, yeah. A lot of choices what for you Andy think? Dalton. It's it's going to be interesting. I bet you he gets a bridge QB job where they, mm-hmm. they have a young guy, and then they use him because he's really coachable. I think he can, you know— I, You know, he's not going to kill you with his feet. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson, or he's not going to be Deshaun Watson who's going to get you a first down yeah. on third and 18 when the play breaks down. But if it's a well-run offense with good coaches and decent receivers, he'd be great. Uh, so it's going to be, there are all sorts of mid-level veterans who are going to be backups. And nowadays, basically most teams play two quarterbacks. So
2: yeah, uh, what, what's Miami going to do? I think they'll go two. They got it. Then who's going
1: to play quarterback next year?
2: Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Roll with it? Yeah. Yeah. He looked good. I mean... He beat he got the Patriots
1: week, in Week 17. You had a couple wins there. You yeah. strung
2: up at the end.
1: Well, speaking of Tua Tagovailoa, who I'm a super fan of, the Alabama quarterback declared himself eligible for the NFL. Now, there was a prominent media member, a friend of mine, Peter Burns, host of the SEC Network, uh, who's a great guy and a really, really smart mind, especially when it comes to SEC football. He's on top of it these days. He thought Tua was going to go back and a lot of people, he didn't say definitively, but he's like, I think that there's a great chance that Tua comes back. Now, I didn't think that for a second because nobody goes back. Most guys go to the NFL. That's why when you hear the first round, it feels like now 75% of them are juniors. The top 10 is almost always juniors. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes pro. Tua is in a weird spot. I think that you, if I'm Tua, you have to take the guaranteed money of the pros while you can, even if you think you can go back to Alabama and be a top Five pick the next year, and you'd fall this year. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm a, it's, We've been debating a lot on the DP show. When will he be back? Dude, that guy's not playing for a while. I don't care I think what he
2: sits out all next year. Yeah,
1: which is fine. Yeah. I mean, if he was in, say he was in it with the Chargers and keep Rivers for a year and sit to it, and then that's fine. Why not? It's worked out for a lot of these quarterbacks to yeah, sit it worked out. Worked out for Aaron Rodgers. It worked out for Phillip Rivers. Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. So why not? I don't even know what the fear is. And OK, so if he here's the thing, if he starts falling, if you're like you say you're the Jaguars, you're like, wait, am I going to really let somebody two picks later get this guy? Mm-hmm. So uh, I think he goes higher. Um, but I'm really curious. I want to talk to Peter, who's a good friend, about why he thought Tua was going to stay and what he thinks he's going to do in the NFL.
0: <laughs>
1: Peter, why were you convinced that Tua was going to stay at Alabama?
0: Uh, you know, leading up to pretty much the weekend, um, Andrew, it was is about uh, really kind of just about the firm family commitment that he and the Tungvaluwa family had with Alabama and really the relationship with, with Nick Saban. And, you know, I had privately talked to a couple people around the Alabama Tide program, and I said that, that almost in a weird way they, they kind of didn't even want to talk to Tua because they, they knew that he was coming back and they didn't want to be the responsible person um, to, to screw anything up because it was kind of leaning that way. Um, and then eventually, I just thought that for Tua and his family, all of it was always about the faith and that there's a higher power mm. and that there's a calling. And regardless of what was happening with injuries or regardless of whatever, it's about faith in the people you put around them, and that's always been really important for them. And I think ultimately they were scheduled to probably stay in Tuscaloosa until that last weekend where we, he went up to – New York City, and I think we met with a couple executives on Friday. But more importantly, met with a, probably one of the foremost, um, you know, kind of hip injury experts, if there is such a thing. And <laughs> Wait, you mean hip like a-
1: hip like cool or hip like hip?
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's like a real, like, very, like, Brooklyn, like, real friendly, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, kind of does, like, uh, slam poetry on the side type doctor. um, Peter,
1: it's so sad. We don't even know what hip is. I know slam poetry is not a thing right now, but uh, anyway, okay, so he he saw a hip doctor.
0: yeah he snaps his fingers he's like the sarks and uh and that's right I, I he had a
1: goatee but, and like a black cap like yeah he was a beatnik I'm a beatnik saying, hip I mean, doctor
0: marvelous mrs mazel yes is, is what i'm thinking uh is is the doctor i'm thinking but ultimately what it came down to is i think it was just so hard guys for for it to take a look at the 20 million dollars that's probably guaranteed as far as he goes to, to 10 or 15 i think the health part of it they felt that he was going to make 100% um, rehab from this. That would sell it enough um, to the NFL executives that, hey, he, he should be one of the first quarterbacks to take it off the drought.
1: So when you tweeted that and you got a lot of attention, I don't know how many retweets you got that, you know, you kind of thought too it might return. You kind of became the voice of that. A lot of people were pointing to you, um, like yeah. uh, Golick and Wingo and i'm of the i'm of the cynical everyone's going pro camp and i actually wanted to bash you on twitter but since you're my friend of course i did not but i was like peter come on every the rule is that you go to the nfl not that you return i know there are exceptions i know justin herbert came back but generally don't you, you know, you're kind of a cynical dude on some level like me. I mean, don't you kind of feel like most people would go out at some point? I know you, but I was already, too, you're, you're very close to the college game right now. So maybe that's changed your perspective. But it feels like most guys, given that choice, choose to guaranteed money earlier.
0: Oh, and, and there's no doubt, too, and I think what people misconstrued uh, with my tweet is the fact that I never once said I think that he should come back. Right. I, I, it was more of, hey, what do I think actually does happen? And, and that was from what I was hearing in, in, in Tuscaloosa, and traditionally they're what normally – you know, the, the people across the football program that I talked to down there, they're traditionally of all of the mindset that they're all gone. Like they all try to prepare, like, ah. hey, we don't want any surprises, that they're gone. And I had heard from enough people, they're like, listen, man, I don't think you quite understand this whole dynamic with this family. And I thought, all right, well, that's a little something. And even as much time as I've talked with Tua himself, I personally thought the reason why he would stay Is because I know Tua is such a competitor. And I also believe that in his mind, he did not accomplish the things he wanted to do at Alabama. And not so much as like when the Heisman, you know, of course, he won the national championship with a great second and 26 throw. I think it had more to do with him being absolutely 1,000% prepared for the NFL. I mean, that's the reason why, Andrew, that he came back in in that Mississippi State game is that every, after every drive, Steve Sarkeesian went up to him and said, are you okay? You want us to take a out He's going to stop it. I'm fine. I want to play. And, in fact, they pulled him from that game, and he legitimately went up there and politics with yeah. Nick Saban and said, coach, I, I need to work on end the game management situations because that had been actually a pretty big knock of Tua's internally uh, over the last year and a half is finishing out drives and, and finishing out halves and games strong. And he said, I wanted to get better at that. And that's one of the reasons why I thought that, Tua, in a weird way, almost felt, hey, listen, I'm like 99% good enough for the NFL. I think I can get to that 1%. I think combined that with the relationship is why I thought he ultimately was going to go for the crazy idea of coming back.
1: I mean, it's not that crazy, but yeah, he would say, I, I heard your buddy Greg McElroy... Talking about Tua glowingly. And uh, on the radio, he was asked, What's his one weakness? He said, well, I guess he doesn't have that strong NFL arm, doesn't have a howitzer. But I don't know, man. I feel like Tua guns the ball downfield. Am I missing something? <laughs> Looks like he's a pretty good arm to me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that now the only thing, and, of course, you guys, everybody will nitpick it from here in every single throw, is the question is, all right, well, how much of it was an actual just cannon for an arm? Like, he doesn't have a Justin Herbert-type arm. He doesn't have a even a Mettenberger-type arm back in the day or in, <laughs> even Trevor Lawrence, right? Right. But the idea, well, the idea is how accurate he was. I vividly remember, you know, being there in some of the spring practices and looking at it when he was a freshman, and I'm like, this is like you have a jugs gun. Like if you were just had like a robot throwing the ball, like on Madden or something like that, and the ball goes to a spot, a spot like where he wanted it went. So I think the, the the issue that people are trying to figure out is okay, it was that also a product of him throwing into open windows on on the collegiate level because Alabama really didn't play much of anybody the last year and a half, um, and their their wide receivers were NFL's caliber elite already, or was this him throwing the ball on you know, as a NFL quarterback, just happened to be playing in college. I think he has enough arm strength because I think he's also sharp enough and he moves around in the pocket um, to where he's going to have success if he can stay 100% healthy.
1: I, he reminds me a little bit of a really great NBA point guard who just sees the field the right way, sees all the angles, knows where his teammates are going to be. I don't, does that, Do you like that analogy at all?
0: I do because what I notice and I see a lot of it at Joe Burrow right now is that he's an absolute student of the game. So he knows, he trusts that that the route tree is a route tree. And what I mean by that is is that he knows what the play is diagram for, he knows the checks and he knows he's gonna throw to a spot and it's not you know, he's he's throwing receivers open. And and for him, it, that's got to be a coach's dream is to say, listen, I need this ball on this spot. Yep. Your, your job is to get it to this spot. Your job is to throw it before the wide receiver breaks and the trust that the wide receiver is going to be there. That's why he, we pay him the money. And I think that's why NFL scouts, and really frankly, when I talk to people at Alabama, they were blown away. And combine that with the fact of, you know, it took so long for them to go to Tua simply because they knew Jalen had done everything. Jalen was really, really good, but they saw every single day that Jalen could not make the progressions. They could not make the throws that Tua could make. Ultimately, they made the right call, just like Dabo made the right call going to Trevor over Kelly Bryant. Yep. And maybe, maybe Kirby Smart made the wrong call by going with Jake Fromm over Justin Fields.
1: Oh, come on. Jake Fromm has won a million games. I don't know if you could say that.
0: And, but it's tough, right? I mean, and, yeah. But here's the
1: deal. You're right. The you know, Fields is level, amazing too. Yeah.
0: The, the collegiate level, it is about can Jake from win you games? Absolutely. Is Justin Fields a type caliber player where you should retool your entire offense around? Yeah,
1: and absolutely. And, and
0: guess what? I mean, Kelly Bryant was pretty good as well too. Kelly Bryant was a good leader, but Dabo looked at it and goes, "I have just a generational talent in in Trevor Lawrence. I got to get this guy on the field." And so for me. You know, again, I, I I still think that if you polled Georgia fans who aren't in their feelings right now, they they had a hard time swallowing how good of a season Justin Fields had uh, when 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 it looked like Jake Fromm regressed this
1: year. I know two two quarterbacks, Easton two will probably be a still be a first right. rounder. I know he's a bit disappointing. Who do you think uh, wins that job in Alabama next year? I I thought Mac Jones looked great against Michigan. You know, I know he doesn't have like the it, the the physical traits you might want. He looked like a yeah. pretty darn effective quarterback to me.
0: Yeah, he does. And really you know, what's so interesting is people are talking about, about, oh, you know, two of this and going back, what does that do? And I'm like, you know what? The big news is that Mac Jones, he's going to stay. And in a weird way, this kind of clarified the quarterback room for Bama because with Bryce Young coming in, and they think he's the next Trevor Lawrence slash Justin Fields to get out of batter day in California. They think he could be a true freshman starter. And so I think what eventually happens is Mac Jones plays, and uh, and Bryce Young, this star freshman recruit they have, is kind of that four-game red shirt going to put him into situations to keep him playing. I would not be surprised, and I don't know this for a, a fact, but I would not be surprised if wherever Tua gets drafted, Talia, his brother, ends up transferring to some oh, part okay. of that world. So let's say it's the Los Angeles Chargers, maybe it's UCLA or USC or if it's Miami, the Dolphins get him. Maybe he goes to the Hurricanes and, and transfers out because that that whole family, I, I believe, will sit there and completely, you know, uh, pack up and and head out to where Tua is at. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's his brother as well.
1: You know, I thought he looked pretty good in that. He was like a right-handed Tua when I saw him play a couple of games. And you're right, this Bryce. And there's also uh, is Bear Bryant's grandson, or is he a grandson or a nephew? He, in town as well?
0: Yeah, yeah. So in, in, in he's still on the roster, and there's some talent there, but I think that's more of a legacy thing, like when, when, when Pistol Pete Maravich's son played for LSU. Got it. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Got
1: it. Like,
0: um, there's talent there, but I don't think it's to the level of what Mac Jones has shown. And ultimately what it comes down to is, you're right, though, Mac Jones is solid. Um, and I think there's going to be a little bit of a revamping of Alabama's offense to where they've gone so offensive heavy – to where their defense, when they got when they got you know Dylan Moses and all those guys got injured, they were just really really light. And I think there's going to be more of a ball control offense coming to Alabama this upcoming season, um, and with a lot more they want to get back down to Alabama defense because. You know, watching them get pushed around by Michigan in the bowl game, watching LSU push them around, it's just rare you see Bama get pushed around in the trenches, and I know that that keeps Nick Saban up at night.
1: Oh, absolutely. All right, uh, limited time here. A couple quick ones. Uh, if you're a Bengals fan, are you excited about the possibility of getting Joe Burrow?
0: Uh, yeah, in worst case scenario, you get Chase Young. So I think it's like the biggest win-win situation. I mean, here's the thing about Burrow. He's the closest thing that I've seen to Peyton Manning, and what Ooh. I mean by that is not the, not the arm, but as far as the just the absolute kind of like serial killer vibe when it comes to preparation, <laughs> you know, like, like Peyton has this way about him and he knows everything that's going on. He's already dissected the defense. He, he looks and he goes, all right, I already have the answer key to the pro, to, to the question. And, and that's the way Burrow has that success. I'm not saying he has the arm talent because I don't think he has nearly the arm uh, that Peyton had, but as far as the football IQ, and I actually moves around better in the pocket than Peyton. So in all long yeah. If you're if you're the Bingles, you're gonna get a you're gonna get a, a pro NFL quarterback right off the bat. Day one starter.
1: You know, Rick Neuizel said on the Dan Patrick show, guess who his comp was Tom Brady for um so that's not a too bad comp sound. That's pretty high I, I feel a little bad for Joe Burrow now. As great as he's been. I mean Manny and Brady, can't you give him like a Ken Anderson or somebody? That's pretty tough. <laughs>
0: Yeah, can we? uh, You know, it's like a video game. Can we? Can they? Don't let's not let's not go to Mike Tyson to punch out right off the bat. Give me like a Soto Popinski or a King Hippo. Absolutely, uh, work my way up. Yeah, give
1: up even Stafford. But I mean, come on, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady.
0: But here's the deal: for some guys, I would say, man, the bright lights and all this pressure. I've never met a college athlete with least amount of pressure or really doesn't care. It's almost like it doesn't penetrate him. And that's not him being cocky or confident or anything like that. It's just, he's kind of got that weird aloofness to where he's not really sure how big of this deal is and not in a stupid way, just like he doesn't give a rat's you know what. And I think that's, that's the attitude you have to have. and he quickly won over that LSU locker room when he transferred. I think that's huge for going into the NFL as an overall number one or number two pick.
1: Okay, uh, last question is an important one. I saw on social media that you took your young daughter to her first movie. Is this correct?
0: Yes. So I have a that's correct.
1: I have a problem. my seven year old I take her to a movie and the whole time she goes, she gets really scared, grabs me, and she says, Daddy, we have to walk out. And then we start to walk out, and then she sits down again. And then this is like, it happens the entire movie. It's two hours of in and out. And then after the movie, she always says, that's the best movie I've ever seen. That's the best time I've ever. Had. I'm like, you pulled me out of uh, you know, Frozen 2 six times. I don't know. Did you have any of that back and forth experience?
0: Well, listen, that's why you don't take her to, like, the revamp, like, the remastered version of Scarface or something like <laughs> that. Or you're like, I don't know what kind of movies you're taking
1: your daughter to. I mean, Frozen 2, you know, dude!
0: <laughs> I will say this, though. Frozen 2 did have some scary moments. Yeah. I was sitting there going, ah, you know, I got a two and a half year Oh, old that's today, what you saw, but, too? Um, yeah, so that's what we saw. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, again, it was the first movie, and she sat through the whole thing. And it just... It's again like we we think of sports talk radio and all everything that's going on with these hirings and the two attorney pro is like life or death and then right after that I go in and watch a movie with my daughter I'm like you know what that actually is the most important thing in the I world know. like like we're not we're not doing brain surgery as, as well so even if you're sitting there right by where everybody dumps their popcorn and watching Frozen two for the seventh <laughs> time that's still that's still a dang good life because I remember when you and I met up in New York City way back in the day and. What gosh, I was twenty, what twenty thirteen or so, when the uh, Broncos got killed by the Seahawks. She was really young, so you weren't taking her to any movies. So she's growing up at
1: least. Oh, I know. I was sort of closer to where you are now. It's funny. I would, you know, I was complaining about my job or something to somebody, and uh, this guy I know goes, "Well." Are you a brain surgeon? I said no. He goes, "Well, no one's going to die if you screw up your job." I'm like, well, I'm like, you mean if I get the LSU Clemson pick wrong, uh, no one's going to expire on the spot. You're right. I mean, that's why I love talking to you because you just you remind me of like, I mean, how how lucky are we? I was going to ask you, I mean, how 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 good is life for you right now?
0: I, my, you know, I've got right next to, because I, I got a radio studio out of my house that I do my Series 6M and my ESPN show from, and I have 5,000 written above my little radio clock. And somebody asked me about it, what it is. And I'm like, if I, if I went away tomorrow and I just said, I, you know what, I just, I'm kind of bored with this or whatever. There'd be 5,000 people that would say, I will kill and do that job. For free. And the yeah. fact that we, yeah we don't, You know, again, and any time that I hear somebody complaining around our studios, I'm always the first person to say, "Can you imagine if we actually had to work for a living? How bad that would stink!" And then (laughs) all of a sudden, they kind of be like, "Uh, "Yeah," because trust me, I did it before I got into sports, radio, and media and television. And I don't ever want to get back into that life. I want to continue to be a kid talking about Tua's health and frozen movies for a living.
1: <laughs> awesome, buddy. Hey, uh, when after the football season's over, we should catch up for real. I'm going to get you back on the pod. I have from my wife a whole list of Jordan Rogers questions. I could go on for days. No yeah, there's uh, a. Are, are you a bat? Do you watch? Pastor, you watch last night? I I
0: don't but now now you see I may have to get into it because I hear that we have an Auburn girl that's involved in it. And so in fact I think it's Bruce Pearl's basketball director of operations, his daughter. So I may have to start watching simply for just your know, show prep. So you uh, know the, the
1: last winner works. was an Alabama super fan too. Yes.
0: Yeah, it, it it just means more down here, Andrew. You know. Yeah.
1: And also one of the Murray and Aaron Murray's brother. It's like an SEC show. I you, I think you have to do this for home for your job, not because you want to. for For your job, you See, have to watch a bachelor. This is
0: a cross I have to bear. By the way, little known fact: I was a uh, a bachelor finalist way,
1: well, day wha- back whoa, in the whoa, day. whoa, oh wait, way back in the finalist. Like you were on the show, or are you finalist to be no, on no, the show. No.
0: So I was. So this was. Gosh, I want to say probably two thousand eight or. So. <laughs> So, yeah, before I moved to Denver, I was um, I, I got the phone call from the casting people about, hey, you know, we're you know, we're in casting and somebody kind of put me in through. So I went through like a phone interview then I went through a big teleconference interview. And then they were going to put, you know, they called me, said, hey, we're, we're making our cuts today. You know, we're going to take five people out to L.A. and kind of, you know, and do some research and stuff like that and pick one. So, like, hang tight. And I didn't get a call for like 24 hours, and I called back the casting people. They're like, oh, I'm so sorry you didn't make the final cut to get out to L.A. So, but they got my name written up in the newspaper, and, uh, you know, it was... Wait, uh,
1: who do you know right? who the bachelorette was? Do you, do you even know? No, yeah,
0: you know, I got to go back and look at it, because it, it wasn't to be one of the bachelors for the bachelorette. It was for the actual main thing. Oh, and the I, bachelor. I remember, cause, yeah, so... And then the reason why I think they kinda liked me at that point is that I had never watched a single episode of The Bachelor. Like I didn't even know it like didn't even know it existed at that point. So I think that they were like it's like, you know when they used to catch people for the real world. Yeah. Like some people would like, Oh, I really want to be in the real world and they would they, like they yeah. were gonna play their part. Like I literally was the one guy I was like, I'm I don't know what this is about. Um and but here's bit everything about me and then sure enough, I mean, you know, I I could have been uh I could have been the one that your wife wanted to talk to instead of George
1: Rogers. I know. In fact, you know what? You've already given me enough information. My wife, I'm going to, first thing I get home today, I'm going to tell her, do you know Peter, remember that guy who visited <laughs> us in Brooklyn that one time? He was going to be the bachelor. <laughs> She's going to immediately like, I'm like, yeah, we met Russell Wilson on set today. She's like, yeah, tell me more about Peter's almost bachelor experience. So that's awesome, dude. Great story.
0: It'll be another pod, another another day. Awesome, <laughs> appreciate your
1: time. Have fun next Monday. And wait, did you give me a pick? You did? you make a pick yet? LSU or Clemson?
0: Uh, thirty-four LSU, thirty-one Clemson. I think it's a. I think it's a dang close one. But I think it's just a magical season for Joe Burrow, and it ends up being the Bengals' number one pick.
1: All right. Well, I will cut that, and I will only remind you if you're wrong. So I appreciate it, Peter. And we will talk very soon, buddy. let see you, bud. <laughs> Man, that story about Peter and the Bachelor is huge. Uh, if you were around him, he would be a great Bachelor. Handsome, yeah. personable. So I used to, like, I was pretty good friends with uh, him and some other people. We were in sort of this group where we we're at the same level of media. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> We're like, gee, yeah, I wonder who's going to break out of this group. And everyone's like, oh, it's definitely Peter. Because he's the only one amongst our friends who actually looked like he should be on TV. I do not. So he, of course, broke. Up, got hired by ESPN when they went to the SEC network. Yeah. And it was off. He's also a great radio host. Really fun. The
2: golfer in college? That's oh, yeah. Bio. Oh, yeah. He's got everything he got going. A, everything, huh?
1: He was going to be The Bachelor. Yeah, that that's a great story. So they started a new season of The Bachelor with Peter Weber, who's a pilot. Okay. Now, Okay. The guys d- d- still, like, do not want to talk Bachelor. It's ridiculous. But Bachelor has so many NFL ties, it's ridiculous. It's okay. basically like an NFL sideshow. How does this
2: one have any ties?
1: It's not that this one really has any ties. I don't. Maybe there are, but I don't know. But, like, just a few in the past. Obviously, Jesse Palmer mm-hmm. was a Bachelor. Uh, there was a former the Clay Harbor. End. Yeah. Who was the tight end from? Uh, Clay Harbor, I think his name
2: was. The Raiders that dated the Olympian.
1: Oh, what? There was a tight end for the Raiders
2: who dated... He had previously dated an Olympian.
1: Well, there's Clay Harbor who caught a few touchdowns for the Eagles who was a tight end who was on the last few seasons. You got to find this out. Uh, there was, of course, um, Kevin Durant's former girlfriend was one of the uh, bachelorettes, Rachel Lindsay. So it goes on and on. Uh, now, the interesting thing well, is... Not, I don't want to talk about that at all, but real... Colton Underwood. Oh, Colton Underwood. Right, right, yeah. right. So... I saw this headline the other day about a bachelor person who is suspected of maybe cheating DraftKings on a daily fantasy tournament. Did you hear about this? I have not. This sounds like a extreme in depth Ponzi scheme. No, it's not. It's an amazing story. There's this former bachelor contestant named Jade Roper, who is a woman, very very pretty, and her husband, I guess, his uh, name Tanner. Of course, Jade and Tanner, uh-huh. famous couple, as my wife will tell you. <laughs> He is a Daily Fantasy expert. Okay. So there's a lot of rules in Daily Fantasy about how the experts can't enter too many unique lineups because that would give you an unfair advantage. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just carpet bomb and have every lineup in there in this particular uh, million-maker game for Mm DraftKings. So she had 25 unique lineups, I believe, and he had 25 unique lineups. She won a million dollars. Oh, wow. Uh, She doesn't need it. She's already famous. She makes tons of money as like an influencer.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, but she she won the whole thing. Uh, she had Deshaun Watson, uh, D.K. Metcalf, uh, Dalvin Cook, which is, by the way, it's a, there's a lot of luck in this. The Daily Fantasy has mm-hmm. become a lot of luck because there's so many entries. They're, they're being uh, investigated because they think that the two of them are basic... She basically played her husband's picks.
2: Yeah, that's what I would think. That's the first thing I thought when you said is that.
1: that a, but why is that... It seems real border to call that illegal. I don't think that they're going to have to give up that million dollars. No, do you think? I mean, I I don't. I'd have to read uh, the I'd, laws behind. I'd have to read it? the laws. But DraftKings loved uh, first, loved the publicity. Then they uh, pulled out of it. So that's a really interesting case. But is that wild? This this bachelor couple. The husband happens to be a daily fantasy expert. Uh, and this is like two really young, good-looking people. It's the most bizarre story. I think there's a screenplay in here somewhere, but a really bad screenplay.
2: I'm surprised that it took this long for something like that to happen. Oh, I'm sure it happens all the time. I mean, 50 if you put 50 lineups in them, you're bound to hit. You're, it,
1: DraftKings has specific rules about collusion, basically about expanding the number of unique lineups you have by using a proxy. And the, casinos have the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, You're not really allowed to use proxies. So, uh, you know, it's funny because the guy Tanner came out and said it was luck, but this is a great bachelor story. (laughs) I used to be really into daily fantasy. And then in my opinion, the odds changed a little bit. I would, I could win almost weekly. I was winning. I was on the positive side every week. Uh And then something happened where the same score where I won a year ago was getting destroyed. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel like the guys with the spreadsheets and the algorithms, we're, we're becoming too much, so I, I lost interest in it So you were getting out analytic, you? I was getting out analytic, Andrew Perloff. But I, I read after I read the story, I want to fully jump back into it because, uh, <laughs> because I was, I really enjoyed it. I was big in DraftKings and uh-huh. Fanduel for a while. I've been focusing more on betting and uh, had kind of a bad week. I'm well, not going to lie to you. What happened? Let's hear. Patriots by five. That was the most short thing bet in the history of the world, dude. Really. Oh my gosh! I feel Patriots like at home against Ryan Tannehill, and they started out the game. They should have been up if if they could get a yard on third and one. They should have been up by two touchdowns the entire game. I do not know what happened. I still don't
2: understand how they didn't cover. I feel like everybody I heard said they were going to lose. Everybody I've listened to, no, really, yeah. yeah, but nobody. I'm sure most of the money was on the Patriots. I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't see where the money was putting put. But I, I mean, I feel guaranteed. like that was a big. That was like a hot. Take that, that might RB be a had. media
1: take, but I think the Vegas take was Patriots. I, I can find that out. Um, did I'm, you bet on the Eagles? No, nah, I try not to bet on the Eagles too much. Um, just because I, but I was invested in that one. Yeah, I thought they had a
2: chance. They, uh, they did. I mean, <laughs> do you a think couple they, times.
1: Do you think they should have gone for it those two times in the fourth quarter? No, or kick field goals.
2: I think they should have kicked the field goals. Take Me your too. points because at that point you're down by eight. You got to get a um, two point conversion. To tie the game to begin with, so you get your points and then touchdown wins it. Yeah, I'm I'm down with that. But
1: the, you know Doug Peterson is known for going for it on fourth down, mm-hmm. so I, I can't really kill him for that. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it was uh, plus five for the Titans. I'm trying to find out where the money was. Oh yeah, it was uh as of January fourth, fourth, forty percent of the bets were on the Titans. Uh, sixty four percent of the bets were on the over. Uh, and it came under. So interesting. Uh the you know, once again, Vegas wins. We were all wrong. Of course. But I just feel like Foxborough is where a quarterback to go to die. It shocked me, especially AFC South quarterbacks. Like, how many times have we seen the Colts and the Texans get their butt kicked in Foxborough in the playoffs? But it's uh I guess it's over there. Dynasty is dead. The dynasty is dead. But the bachelor lives on. Uh so yeah, I'm loving the playoffs. Real quick, the these matchups over the weekend. Man, I last weekend was incredible. That was one of the best it was. playoff weekends I've Every ever had. Every single game,
2: yeah. you were, I mean, what? The Saints, uh, Vikings, last second touchdown. And back and forth the last fourth quarter, incredible. Buffalo Texans over
1: time. Wild. I felt like the game was over three different times and it didn't happen. Yeah.
2: Patriots, Patriots, Patriots uh, Titans, Titans, so close. Just the fact that the Patriots lost was exciting. If You're yeah. not a Patriots fan, yeah. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was, and the Eagles game was just disappointing.
1: That game was a little. Flat. I saw
2: I saw a statistic or some you know, some they wrote about this that that was the most watched game of the yeah. year. Thirty eight yeah. million people watched that game. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: So this weekend you got two saturday uh, two Saturday games: Vikings at Forty Nine ers. I really like the Forty Nine ers this year, the, but then again, I thought the Saints were going to beat the Vikings. So mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt. Then the Ravens and the Titans, I got to involve a little little bet with Dan Patrick. I have to dress up as a Titan on Monday if the Titans win. I just feel like coming off the rest, the Ravens sure seem like a pretty good favorite here. Yeah, yeah, Unless the Titans run Derrick Henry like crazy and keep the ball away from Lamar Jackson. Then Chief Texans, everyone's counting out the Texans. But yeah. Will Fuller's playing. They're a different team when Will Fuller plays. I thought the Texans actually might surprise the Ravens and play them tough. Which that's the matchup I expected. Uh-huh. And then Packers-Seahawks. I don't love either team of that. I feel like Packers have been playing way too many close games, and the Seahawks play way too many close games. Packers can just not show up like they have a couple times yeah. this season. So I'm, I'm going chalk. I think it's a 49er-Ravens Super Bowl. But, man, after last weekend, I feel like anybody making predictions, is just a great. There's a bounce
2: here or a bounce there. These let's hear are something close. more against the grain. Okay. Well, what's your, let's hear more against the grain Super Bowl. Uh, Okay, what would the against the grain... The against the grain... The most against the grain would obviously
1: be... Vikings? Titans? Yeah, but I mean, the Vikings, Niners, Seahawks, and Packers, there's not that much difference between them. Yeah, I guess Titans, Vikings?
2: I think that'd be the most against the grain. Let's root for that. Vikings, Titans. I don't even (laughs) want to... First of all, I have a rule. I don't watch Titans games. They're the most boring team (laughs) ever. But I guess
1: in the playoffs, I have to. But if it's the Titans, Vikings... And I know it's a, I believe it's a Fox Super Bowl this year. They'll be be like, dude. Awful. Yeah, it's like the greatest TV rating year ever. And then the Vikings, Titans, (laughs) Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry just going four yard run for four yard run. That would not be fun. No. Let's do the Ravens and Niners and just like, we don't, you don't have to, I, you know, we lose our authenticity. If we go against the grain with everything, then
2: nothing's against the grain. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm taking notes. I'm still new. Who's your pick? Uh... I like Baltimore a lot. Oh, shut up! I do like Baltimore a lot.
1: Do you have to put your Super Bowl pick on your hinge profile?
2: Uh, Probably not. I don't know. Do you ever put sports? Yeah, like that. That would be. I was talking to a girl on there. It was a huge Eagle fan, and you know, um, yeah, you're like I I know. I know the Eagles pretty well, so had some good stories. Was Um, she in Philly or New York? She was in New York. Yeah. So what happened? Eagles just going. I'm still just. Typing away. I mean, I'm not. Is she, was she
1: crestfallen? Did you comfort her on Sunday when the Eagles lost?
2: I haven't heard from her since then. So. Oh, boy.
1: There, there could be a. You well, know. let me just give you a pointer. There's one thing uh, to tell you about Philly right now. They thought that was a dirty hit on DeDevion Clowney. They did not like My that. My phone was blowing up when yeah. that happened. They also do not like Brett Brown, the Sixers coach. He's under a lot of heat. Uh, and they're totally in love with Boston Scott, the backup running back. Boston Scott, he, he looked good. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, so I uh, will be following this. Uh, I think we should have some, um, you know, I hate to do this, but we should get it like a tracker going. Uh, against the Grain Predictions, Mario's personal life, uh, I see a few other things, but I'd like to see how some of these hinge relationships pan out. Okay. You're can... okay with putting them out there in the yeah, world?
2: Yeah, why not? Well, there's a lot of reasons why not. Uh, we'll figure it. I mean, I'll just hit on one eventually and then hinge will be gone, right? I don't know how I mean I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. I hope for her sake.
1: All right, thanks for listening against the grain. Make sure you subscribe and we'll talk to you soon.